Welcome to Somewhat Committed. I am Adam Curtis. And I am Simon Bale. We're back again. We've made it to week three. Woo. Somehow. S- still committed. Right, Simon? Still committed. Yes. Even though last week we almost didn't commit at all. That was awkward. We didn't commit at all. Explain yourself. <laughs> I'm a bit lost here. So, we kind of missed our Friday release date last week. Ah. And for very good reasons. Mm. But... Come Monday, I was a bit worried that we weren't going to get the podcast out at all. No. Before we recorded the next one. Would you like to discuss admin in this brief interim period? Yes. Ladies and gentlemen, we are about to enter the admin period. Please, uh, hide your children. Admin zone. Admin zone. It's like, it's the scary door thing from Futurama where the the filing cabinet comes down, opens up and just spews paper everywhere. You you expected me to know exactly what you mean and I am afraid I'm going to have to say no. Wait, hold on. Wait, you've not seen Futurama? I've seen Futurama. That's... That's an incredibly specific reference you're making, though, I will say. That's like their, like, what's it, uh, Twilight Zone joke. Here's the scary door, which is like their crazy reality TV show where anything can happen. The opening was like the door coming down and it would open and it would show all the crazy worlds. Okay, so when you said Twilight Zone, I think I remember specifically exactly the reference. So, yes, thank you. Let's go back. (laughs) Edit all that out. No, 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 it's staying in, it's staying in. (laughs) Joking, I'm joking. Ah, yes, Twilight Zone. Twilight Zone, good show. Anyway, no, yeah, we got some admin stuff to talk about. Woo, admin, it's amazing. So, do you like continuity, Simon? I love it. Yay, okay, so very quickly, we skipped over a couple things last week because initially we were intending this podcast to be weekly. This is a weekly working podcast, as noted in the first, the very first pilot episode of Somewhat Committed. As I said to you before, I'm pretty sure we said that in the first episode. But if we didn't say it in the first episode, definitely wrote that everywhere we submitted the podcast to. Yeah, this will no longer this clip will no longer exist after we confirm this uh, statement. But once we uh, before we do, so now a bi-weekly podcast. Woo! Yes. Bi-weekly. Yay. Yes, we're lazy. <laughs> so the issue we had was we ran out of things to talk about because projects wouldn't progress as quickly within a week. Like Adam and I, we both have stuff to do in the week other than this podcast and our personal projects. Yes. So it became a bit tricky. Our development cycles just never aligned, if you wanted to get all technical. In that first week, uh, when we came to talk about Bitsy, I hadn't actually had a chance to touch it. And I had quickly done something just before we started recording, just to have something to say. Yeah. No, that's a good example. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think similar sort of case where something was running against everything that I'd previously mentioned in the week before and in hindsight I could see that not wait no in foresight in hindsight am I using that wrong what what context do you need in hindsight is in looking at the past okay so yeah no I was right and wrong at the same time yes in foresight at the present that is then I could see that not working so instead I made their executive executive decision you could tell who wears the trousers in this relationship. I wear the shorts, as I am right now. And I'm wearing shorts, so... You wear the other half of the shorts that would otherwise be complete and make trousers. I don't know what's holding up the segment of trousers that would be missing the shorts part. Imagine fabric wrapping around your leg, but it only beginning at your thigh and reaching down to your ankle. Okay. I don't know how that's staying there. I'm sure you're working on it and would like to discuss further. I, I, I am, but I'm also shocked that this metaphor went beyond like the trouser bit. This is amazing. <laughs> but yeah, no, that's why uh, 
you may have only seen a podcast come out every two weeks. Yeah. As as for why the podcast was delayed last week, it was my stag do. <laughs> and Adam was there. I was there. Not in Scotland. And not in Scotland. Like, you had previously lied to me <laughs> all that time. And I genuinely thought you were not coming. And I was like, oh, no, what's... What's up with Adam? I'm sorry, I was being unnecessarily secretive about coming down. Yeah. I don't know why, because it was like it, it wasn't a secret or wasn't meant to be. The Facebook group was secret. It was hidden from you. Yes, it was. So I wanted to upkeep that idea of secrecy. Okay. So yeah, anyway, I I didn't know what was happening for my stag do at all. So yeah, anyway, the, the stag do happened and I didn't have a chance to edit in the week and I usually mm. edit a lot on Friday. But I spent most of Friday traveling down to uh, my stag do, so it got delayed. So it, w- it hopefully it won't happen again. But that's why the episode came out on Tuesday. We are yeah. still aiming for a Friday release, and we will get into the habit of this. I swear. We swear. But for the time being, that's as to why we, there's been like a lack of um, consistent episode release dates recently. It's fine. We're, we're working it into our routine, yeah. and this is only a natural part of the process. It's very early on. It's only our first few episodes, guys. Yes. And also, like, it's the whole point of the show is somewhat committed. If we were committed to doing every Friday, <laughs> it wouldn't be in keeping with the show. Absolutely. Well, well done, Simon. Yeah, there we go. On brand again. With that, yes. we can close the admin filing case and shoot that back off in space, and yes. the real fun begins. Let's do it. Can you do that? Can you do a, re- a reverse of the sound that you used to open it? I will edit in just the sound okay. in reverse it's a now. Fantastic sting that we'll use for all future segments. We will. I don't know how, but we will. We will. It'll be used for the medium cutout at the end. So. Yes. What do we have to talk about? <laughs> I, I have a lot of things to talk about. Hey, Simon. Yes. You have something to talk about? Yes, I do. Um, something to say. I've had maybe the darkest week of my life. Oh dear. Uh, actually, that's a complete dramatic reading of that. I didn't mean to say it like that. That's. Oh. It came out. It just came out. I fell out of my routine, like, completely to the point where, like, I was doing nothing. So, in the last two weeks, I've been doing a lot of work stuff and then coming home and just been playing video games. I, I stopped doing Japanese in the morning. I stopped mm. reading in the morning. I oh, stopped no. going for a run after work. I, I just fell out of it completely. I've been trying to get back in and like the thing I really wanted to bring up today was motivational tools or like when you're feeling like this what do you do because I've been struggling and um, I've realized very suddenly today that I signed up for a 10k race (gasps) on the weekend and I haven't been running for almost two weeks oh boy oh boy yeah oh have fun with that in terms of motivation I can't Oh, it's it's so difficult to talk about hmm. because it is such a case by case basis. Everybody yeah. works differently, and everybody approaches work so differently. In terms of me wanting to say I'm going to commit an allotment of time to doing something, yeah, I found it works best when I just do it in the moment. In saying that, most of the things that I've ever produced or made is because I just wanted to do it at the time. That's why I was doing all these things in the morning. Like, I was waking up, I was doing my uh, Japanese, was like, I'm going to do it now, before I do anything else. And I would wake up and immediately do, like, half an hour. Even if I was unbelievably tired, I would just focus through it. I think I've mentioned this before, like, it's that if you start doing something in a constant streak, so if you do something continually, Mm. you just get into the habit of doing it. 
And once you break that chain, it's hard to go back into it because when you're in it, you want to keep the chain up. Yeah, you could fall off so incredibly easily, it's ridiculous. Yeah, but then when you break it, it's just hard to have any motivation to go into the chain again. And I feel like I've been having that all week. That, that's it being said, I will talk about some stuff I actually have done this weekend, but cool. oh, this week, but yeah, I've just been struggling. So I've been looking, I've been talking to a couple of people about this. Some people have recommended apps that track this kind of stuff. There is an app called Forest. I haven't used it, but I was fascinated by the idea. Forest. It's basically SimCity. You, when you do something, you start recording the time that you're doing it. Yeah. And during that time, a little farm on screen, this is my interpretation of it, I haven't actually seen it, plants a bunch of seeds <sighs> until you stop. And when you hit stop, these stops doing it. And you start expanding your forest. Yeah, it's a natural incentive that you want to grow this forest by spending more time doing stuff. Oh, this is phenomenal. So I was looking at stuff like that, trying to get back into it. Like, I think like you said, I think it's more for me. Like, everyone's different. I don't know how anyone else does it, but I think I'm like you in that I just want to do it then and there. But it, it's just a timing thing for me. Like, I was so into my routine and I, w- I was perfect and it, it, it was great. So it just felt like, oh, like I've fallen off the bandwagon. It was a bit, it was a bit, of, a, bit of a downer last week. Uh, do you like metaphors? Yes, I like metaphors. Great. I've got a great one for you. Imagine you've pulled off the highway and now you need to find that entryway back on and trucking away down on your road trip. You, uh... you didn't lose time, but you still find you, your work is still there waiting for you to come back at any time you feel comfortable with. Don't, don't feel pressured otherwise. Have you, have you ever had this where you've fallen off your thing or where you've like got to the point where you've lost motivation on something, not necessarily like your routine, but like a project? It's more so that I get easily distracted all the time. I don't feel like I lose motivation, more so that I lose my ability to stay focused on one thing. And it's not so much that, oh, I have so many fingers and so many pies, ah, I'm so busy. No, it's not anything like that. It's more so that, man, internet's awfully enticing today. Yeah, but that's the big procrastinator of a lot of people, isn't it? Is that you, Yeah. especially like if you're just learning something, like I was on the internet trying to learn a particular thing and I ended up on YouTube because it's the easiest way for me to like interpret that information. It's just to watch it happen. Sure. And I ended up watching a bunch of crap after that. So I spent 15 minutes learning something and then about an hour watching YouTube. I, I don't think I have any real way of any solid technique like I could go through a, a bullet pointed list saying that these are the steps in which to regain my focus and to actually kickstart what I wanted to do that day or just to say that this is that this is my way of breaking back into the stream of continuous thoughts to or a working thought, a work ethic that I'm familiar with because that routine is always being shifted and changed depending on what I'm working on, especially when I am a person who does have uh, his fingers in a lot of different pies. Like one minute I'm doing sound for my game, next minute I'm doing graphic design, next minute I'm doing animation. Is that how I'm trying to organize my time between all these different things, while I do have the luxury of feeling varied and feel as though my day is being spent well because it's being slowly pushing up this one thing through multiple streams of media that I'm interested in but at the same time shifting back and forth between these different things I could immediately drop off and start browsing Twitter or doing whatever else that isn't where I want my attention to be focused on. Times like this I never ever have used these. I 
think I have enough willpower to the fact that I don't need these. But I have looked at the um, programs that block access to certain things during certain times of the day. So like, you can't use the internet while you're supposed to be studying or like editing this podcast. It's, your PC has locked you down to only audition, so you can't procrastinate. Yeah, I've definitely used those things. I've definitely I've uh, there's one thing called Work Rave that I've had on my PC for the longest time, and there was a short stint in which I was actively using it. I was actually I can't remember specifically what it was. If it was how you described it, it was blocking programs or it was blocking websites uh, in Chrome as like a plugin. But there was a point after this brief stint that I realised, like you said, I probably wouldn't use this thing. This was me coming to terms with the idea that. I'm of my own mind. I can I can turn around and say, okay, my attention is far better focused elsewhere right now, and I should not be relying on external means to improve my own focus and basically shirking my own responsibility onto something else. Yeah, 100%. With, with the Forest app, it's super lovely and super cool, and I might just try it because it's super cute, and also because uh, if you check the bottom of their main page, apparently they're planting trees, so that's fantastic. I, I probably will install the app after you've just described it to me actually looking at the app yeah if only for that reason alone yeah i think the idea is just such a really compelling one there is kind of a happy ending to this my like spell of lack of motivation i would well, actually i wouldn't say it's lack of motivation uh well it is only lack of motivation i'm getting back into it uh today and yesterday i spent 45 minutes coding yesterday i've been running today and yesterday and i've been doing my japanese again in the morning so i'm getting back in there but it's just a struggle yeah i used to do like 30 minutes japanese in the morning and now i'm back down to doing 10 just to ease myself back into it back into the stream back on the highway adam yes metaphors there is one question i was gonna ask you uh because you, you said earlier that you get distracted. Do you ever get distracted onto another project and then have issues going back to another project and be like, well, this project has to now stay there. That's it. I, I was really focused on this project and now that I've moved on to this one, I've now completely lost all motivation to ever go back to this one. It's not, I think procrastination, it's implied that it is more so about the external distractions, things that are outside of your control, things being made and produced for the internet things like Twitch and Twitter and all that sort of stuff. I don't, I don't think I can say that I've ever procrastinated doing something else by reading a book, procrastinated by going for a walk or anything far more productive and worth my time. I think procrastination is absolutely, I, I guess, reg regressing <laughs> of uh, thoughts and actually slumping in a sense. And it's a habit habit in a sense that it happens so often and with a frequency that it's really quite upsetting but more so that it's just an attitude shift in the middle of your day that is incredibly unwelcomed and i'd like it to go away now if that's okay i think i'm getting better at it i've started to do i can't remember who i got this from but there's a youtuber which that sentence alone is really weird to say out loud there was uh, someone who basically said, when you go to change your task in your day, just take a minute just to sit there and just think about what you're going to do. How are you going to tackle what you're going to do forward? Like, don't don't say anything out loud. Don't look at anything. Just take 30 seconds, sorry, 60 seconds, complete silence. Just think. And then you have that like kind of epiphany or sort of that eureka moment hmm. where you're like, that's how I'm going to solve this thing I've been trying to do for like a week. Like, I, I, I've been doing it at work and like I've been... <gasps> Like, oh, crap, yeah. that's how I fix the server. Oh, that makes sense now, because I've had time to think. And just, like, mindlessly going between the two. Uh, yeah, I've kind of had, like, trouble then, and then you, you this kind of wraps back into, like, I kind of lose motivation to do that task, and I move on to another task, and then it's a cycle where, like, I don't recomplete either. 
I, I have to ask you a question. Uh, actually, two questions. First off, have you heard of rubber duck programming? Uh, no. Um, okay. Possibly. It rings a bell, but I'm going to say I have no knowledge of it. It's great. So the idea being that while you're programming, you come across any problems while you're working. You have a rubber duck by your side. Or it, it could it, it, rubber duck. It does. It doesn't have to be a rubber duck. It could be anything. And you literally talk through your problem. You literally talk. You out loud uh, in the room. You are saying what is wrong with the thing and how you're plotting through and finding your solution to it. I was wondering. Second question. Do you have anything that you would say is quite like that? Uh, no. I sometimes must to myself at my desk okay but no I, I i have issues like that while i need something like that but also in my office i don't really have the privacy to not seem like a crazy man and i do <laughs> I, don't, I sit in financing and they they control my paycheck so if, if they see me talking to a duck and they don't pay me because they think i'm mad I, i'm a bit in trouble <laughs> He's talking to a duck. Fire him. That, that's a really good idea, though. Um, I don't know how I'm going to sort of do that, though. You don't. Yeah, you really don't need to. Mustering is perfectly fine, and I do that as uh, far more frequently than the other thing I was about to mention, which is that I have this. I think I've shown you this tiny 3D printed shark that I have with a tiny yellow crown on top of it. I think you had that in uni? I did, I, ooh, for maybe the last year or so, but I won at a game city for a game that was once called Fabulous Beasts, since Beasts of Balance. They just finished a Kickstarter and they did really well. Is that that sort of like Dota-like game with giants? No. <laughs> Sorry. No, it's it's a physical toy game oh, okay. that connects to an iPad and it's all these little 3D printed animals uh, that have RFID chips built into them. So it's Skylanders. No, kind of-ish. Wait, let me finish this. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> I, I'm sorry. Anyway, go back. Uh, it, it basically RFID chips that you would balance these uh, animals on top of one another, and it's basically reverse Jenga. Oh. Kind of. You're building up a tower of animals. That's kind of cool. It's super cool. You talk to this. I sometimes talk to this tiny little shark on my desk. Do you think ever with that RFID chip in it, it's recording you somehow? Like it has maybe a microphone in it? Congratulations, you've made me incredibly paranoid. Yeah. Oh man, that that would be like the perf. If you were some like super coder, like if you were someone who was constantly listening to everyone's problems, and they get their eureka moments, and you're just constantly <laughs> having all this information, like this knowledge base you bring up of people solving every conceivable problem ever. Man, th th think of them listening to you talking about server issues and printers. Man, were the things that they would be able to solve. They'd be like, Whoa. oh, this fucking Nikon printer is not printing because <laughs> there's no paper in it. How do I solve this magic shark? Oh, put paper in it. I solved it! So it's it's like a, sh a shell you find on a beach. Yes. And you listen. <laughs> You just randomly tap into a frequency somewhere around the world of a programmer trying to solve their issues. Incredibly specific. Wow, Simon, how did you find this technology? Uh, but that's been my week, really. I've got some other stuff, but what have you been up to, Adam? It's good that you, uh, just very quickly, it's good that you, you seem to have found a remedy for your situation, though. So that's cool that you're getting back into it. Um... What have I been up to? Uh, stag do, then hen do. Oh, yes. And aside from that, it's been mostly my main game projects that I'm taking to the V&A next week as of this recording. What's the, what's the actual date? The 29th at the V&A. Uh, Friday late. Please come and say hello. Yes, if you if you want to come and meet Adam, go go meet him at the V&A and play his, uh, play his little game. You had a playtest recently with pretty much everyone we know. 
Yeah. That seemed to have gone well. It seemed to have gone well. They seemed to enjoy it. So I don't know if we spoke about the playtest last week. We spoke about my playtest last week. Yeah. Um, but we didn't describe anything about the game. Okay. The the playtest happened after that podcast. Oh, okay. No, I'm, yeah, my timing's completely messed up. It was that week Yeah. that it took place. Okay. Yeah, no, people seem to really dig it. The only problem being <clears throat> is that people seem a bit purposeless. Yes. Which is not good, but also good at the same time. It being purposeless <laughs> was kind of my issue with it. Yes. But like, like I said, last time we discussed it, it was pretty much me understanding that it was so early that that was kind of indicative of that type of game. Uh, that type of game being walking simulator and a bit like, I don't know, being quite abstract in its premise? When I say that type of game, I meant that sort of like early on into that game, into that you've got a clear idea of the game's concept, yeah. but it's way too early to have like a fully fleshed out purpose and narrative, Sure, if it has one. Yeah, that's a problem I've been kind of asking myself the last well, ever since I started making this game, I suppose, is my worry that the only way I can have somebody truly understand what this game is trying to do and what it is, is once I have everything together. Which is perhaps the single worst way you could ever design a game, is not until it's got everything with a pretty bow on top. That's generally bad. If you're moment-to-moment play, if it as it is in a single five minute package isn't complete to someone, to somebody playing in whatever environment, be it playtest or exhibition space or at home on your console, then I feel like I'm failing as a designer. I'm failing as uh, this game is not doing its job by what I've put into it. Do you it. think that when it comes together, having a clear like finished piece you're aiming for that it makes the other pieces retroactively fun because you know you're working towards something and you've got you've got something to get to because like i'm not going to speak too much about the, your game in general but like like there are some games out there where like firewatch like the moment to moment pieces on there while are really great and like you're not really working to a main goal like that's the inverse of what your game is but there are games out there like i don't know um gone home gone home's like minute to minute gameplay is not as fun as the actual finished piece yeah the, the fun in gone home is that you are unraveling a mystery but the minute minute gameplay pieces of you just walking around the, the room while engaging isn't like necessarily the best video game out there i think firewatch and gone home are especially amazing examples that you could have brought up right now because i can actually say that they actually show quite astute examples of things that are countering my point in that you have goals in those games as much as you might think they don't. So in the first few moments of Firewatch, you are immediately tasked as a Firewatch Ranger. I don't know what the name is, a Park Ranger, I suppose. I think you are literally called the Firewatch. The Fire... Okay, great. In a it. natural reserve somewhere in America. So you already understand your context in the world. You have... Maybe it's not immediate to you as the player, but you as a character in a space have goals. And beyond that, as soon as you start playing out, you understand that there are goals out in the middle of the lake, that there, there are there in the first five minutes you have goals you have things that you need to achieve uh, i think gone home is even more uh, i i guess narrowed down than that because you are finding a key to open the front door you have immediately been tasked with something to do whereas in our play tests that we've done before the first one that i showed you and then i don't know if you saw 
Kim playing the new I version. I was in the other room and it, I have not played okay. it under your strict instructions <laughs> not to play it. Strict! Okay, yeah, no, sorry. Like, the, the difference being between those games is that, like, if you strip back everything out of that game that yeah. isn't you working towards a goal and just keep the core thing you do as a video game, the thing you interact with, mm. it is you're walking around a environment. Firewatch, you are just walking around an environment. I'm not trying to be, like, super reductive of these games because I personally think Firewatch is one of the best games I played last year and I really do, like, like gone home. Like, this is not from a place of fuck walking simulators. It's more of, there are elements built up around that sort of concept that make the game greater, which is what your game is kind of at the moment, where your core gameplay at the moment isn't really there, but you can put some interesting trappings around it and make the like core game really fun in retrospect because you know you're working towards a goal. Like like you said, like yeah. you're getting the key and gone home to get into the house and then you're getting illusions of a mystery and you're trying to find out what it is. Like that stuff it helps the fact that you're just exploring a very static environment. Firewatch, you've got like you said, like you've tasked with these goals that create a really interesting like narrative and you have this character to interact with who is just absolutely lovable and just amazing. Like yeah. that helps the other aspect of the game which is the like the interactive part of the game which is just walking yeah no yeah about goals you know, about these goals are actually far more i guess focused and they actually make sense to the world but right now the goal that i have for my game the only goal that i have for the player is why is this space like this and i don't feel that that's strong enough to keep them playing i need to have something far more i keep trying to describe a short span of time that the player needs to so say the player enters game as one beat uh the player does another thing as another beat the, the gap between that amount of time between the player entering the game and interacting in doing something in developing and progressing that isn't either quick enough or there isn't enough there to hold them on for longer than five minutes i i think again we because i can't talk about your game in like that greater detail one of the comments i said and one of the comments i i read because you released a medium article with all the comments in it too much applause too much applause <laughs> secretly the medium article this week is just going to be yours no <laughs> i'm just going to take the piss out of it no okay I, no we are actually going to do that <laughs> we are actually going to do now it. now that you've said that we are yeah. okay one comment I saw consistently was that in the room you entered, there is a PC. And I, myself, and another person both try to interact with it. I yeah. think there's just an inherent like expectation of video games that you you can interact with everything. You wanted to pick up the doll and all these different things, yeah. I think the room presents, because it's like a bedroom, it presents... Like, in a normal context, when you go into a bedroom, not just in real life, but in most video games, there is a lot of stuff to interact with. Like, the bed is a unified like sort of symbol of resting and progression and then you've got a computer which is another sort of window in video games to knowledge and then you have this cute little doll kind of thing that kind of infers either a guide or some sort of item that you could pick up and mess with right like a like a like a toy like it's, it's actual like in, inherent indicative name I've seen some of the stuff you're doing going forward, and I think that stuff will work back into the game and make like exploring and sort of traversing that world and that room a lot more interesting. I just think you've got a lot of stuff working against you that is you have a lot of expectations of what you can do in a video game, and when you enter that room, you kind of can't do anything. But I have to at least play into some of them by some measure because I remember playing some person's card game last year they were using playing cards 
In very much the same way that you would use playing cards in a game of poker. Yeah. But the way that you would match up cards to make a flush, to make a straight, I, I, terminology is beyond me in the world of poker. You do pretty well. In these sets, you couldn't do the same things because the rule set doesn't allow you to. The, the, the outcome was the same pretty much, but you couldn't do the same, you couldn't employ the same strategies to find the outcome that you wanted to win. Those just didn't exist because the rules were fighting against you. So I don't think you could say the world that I've created is fighting against the player, but I at least need to not lead the player on into all the many expectations that they would otherwise expect out of a video game experience, which is E to interact, uh, left click to interact, or pick up things, maybe even M to open a map or whatever. I think it's how you establish that when the player goes into that room the first time, how if you can establish that the point of this room is to, to do something else or to move to a certain place, yeah. then it becomes very obvious that you can't do a whole lot in the room and thus then you know how to progress. I think it's the kind of like solving it and it feels like you're bashing your head against the wall to kind of to work out. To be honest, I, I probably need to play the, the most recent one because speaking to Kim, it sounds like there's a lot more in that one. Do you mean the one with the screenshots that I showed you yesterday? That stuff seems super cool to a point. I'm really interested to see what you do with that concept because that last screenshot you showed me was is incredible. Like it, it changed what I thought you were doing. <laughs> you changed what I was, what you thought I was doing with the game. Yep. Yeah. That's cool. Okay. Not in a bad way and not like in a way that makes like what you originally showed me any different. It's more that, oh, it, this feels like a, a natural fit into like what you were doing before. Sure. Uh, again, th this must be super like frustrating for anyone listening to this, but it, all due time or go down to the V&A <laughs> on Friday and play it. Hey, come along. I have uh, many things to say. Yes. To you. <laughs> One of them is hello. Hello. Please play my game. How it starts. Please play my game that would be yes. lovely of you just quickly moving on then i've got some other stuff i've been picking up uh last week i talked about coding or like, two weeks ago i talked about coding two weeks ago i like i said i i was in a slump i was down in the dumps and i didn't do a whole lot in terms of progressing projects but i did however on my stag do talk to a bunch of my developer friends and we have started to talk every Wednesday now and we are trying to code a project in different languages each each time and do something crazy just to learn it. Okay, that's far more expanded than what Matthew told me, but please, sorry, go. So, I don't know what Matthew told me, but basically we're just making Pong for the first one in JavaScript, which, after that, like, grandiose intro about what we were doing, sounds a bit uh, mundane, but we are currently making Pong. <laughs> That's a, no, that's a great starter project for anyone, really. Yeah, and I'll be doing that. So the main thing we do is we cool. meet up, we talk about what we want the project to be. So we've defined like version one of Pong being just the bare essentials. We have designed a grid, we have a puck, we have two pallets, and they can move, and the ball will bounce around the screen, and there are points, there are goalposts. So we all went away then and tried to work out how to do it. Cool. How far along are you? So this was last Wednesday, and then obviously it was my fiance's Hindu. So I was in Bristol doing. We'll talk about that in a yeah, second. Some crazy stuff. Um, it's amazing. So I started coding Monday night, and I've been looking at doing the canvas stack. So my main issue is trying to work out how to generate the grid. So my plan was to have an array in JavaScript, so you would have like the A, B, C, D, 
and that would be like a pixel, like a square. Like it would, I would define what a say square in the grid is. So I would have two squares. I would have goal squares and then normal squares, and then I would make an array, and then that would make up the playing board. Because then theoretically, you could then say in that array rearrange the playing board to be something else. You'd be like. Here's the crazy version of Pong where the goalposts are on the top and bottom of the um, grid, posts are being behind the paddles. But before you continue, I'm really sorry. I just came up with this idea in my head as you were talking. Can you make Conway's Game of Life Pong? I don't even know what that is. Conway's Game of Life. It's, uh, you know, Game of Life. Yeah, I play Game the of little, Life. A little uh, plain... No, no, not that game of life. Oh. Look, look up Conway's Game of Life. To, to the internet. You've probably seen this before. Conway... Game of it's the like third thing that's in Google. Let me see if somebody's already done it. Wait, so it's uh, like a progressing butterfly effect. So each individual grid square has rules, and basically, if a square is surrounded by two other squares, those two squares procreate and create a new dot. If they're surrounded by three, anything that's within those three is killed off due to overpopulation. It's that kind of thing. And sadly, I'm really sorry, somebody's made Conway's Game of Pong already, and I'm really upset. Oh, Adam. F, I'm sorry. I'm not going to look at it, but I am now just watching Game of Life. Yeah, no, there's a website yeah, that just shows you off. I'm literally just watching it, and my god, it's just mesmerising. It's beautiful. That's the, the idea is totally that. For me, at the very least, we're all trying different ways of making Pong. But my idea is that if you create just the building blocks, later on you could do crazier shit with it and be like, yeah, like the here are some other types of squares which will block the paddle like wind jammers where you can bounce stuff off of each other and do all this crazy stuff. So I've been looking at doing the canvas tag in HTML5 that would populate stuff via the JavaScript. Yeah. So I'll do it that way. So I've been doing that. And that's been going well. So that's my uh, current weekly project. Awesome. There is a fun story, though, in that I, for reasons that are way too long and complicated to explain on this podcast, I run mm. JavaScript Blocker in Firefox. Oh. So I was coding this game for the first... I usually code... I've got, like, a partition. I usually code on Linux. For some reason, I thought, I'll just code in Firefox. I can be on Discord then and talk to everyone at the same time. I wrote all this code put it in and it immediately failed right. because javascript was blocking it i immediately noticed i needed an error screen so i designed this uh, amazing error screen of just me and all the other people coding it saying you seem to be using an unsupported browser or more, more likely i have screwed up and that will flash if you're not running javascript which was more impressive than any of the work i've done on pong so far so i'm happy with that <laughs> I've been looking into making a debug screen for my game, and just it just sounds as though something that would be stupidly handy. Just pouring enough time into something as small as that must feel pretty good. It, it was. I think that was my small procrastination away from those issues I was having. I didn't have a rubber duck at the time, so I couldn't oh. talk through them. I definitely will going forward. I'm still watching this game of life thing, and it's just going and it, that's, going. That's hopefully the idea. And that they won't die. I'm just going to leave Conway's game of life running in the background now for the rest of the time. <laughs> if I could have it running as a desktop, I would. You should make that. I sh uh, I'll look into it, Wink. Oh! Tell me about Bristol. We kind of spoke about Bristol, but you tell us all about your... Regale us of your tale with a certain individual in Bristol. Yeah, the other thing I did was I met Tommy Wiseau and Greg... I can't remember his last name. Greg Skidder... I couldn't say. 
Adam, you've seen The Room. I have. You have. Yes. You, you were the person who showed me. It's one of the worst films of all time. It is. It's one of those cult classics mm-hmm. that is just insanely fun to watch with a group of friends. And if you've not heard of The Room, I will link some highlights in the show notes. But it's an enigma of a movie. It's just crazy. It sparked a whole generation of filmmakers. Yes. Just a quick synopsis of the film. You follow Johnny, who is a American everyman, who is a banker of some description, who is currently in the process of getting married to his wife, Lisa, or sorry, his fiance Lisa. Are you really doing a synopsis of the room? Yes, I'm going to try to, because it's just crazy. Okay. Lisa is a kept woman who suddenly goes a bit sort of crazy in that she doesn't feel like johnny's doing it for her anymore in terms of like she feels like he's not exciting so she starts to sleep with his best friend greg and Mm. then they have this affair behind the scenes and johnny's all but unaware of what's happening and this Mm. movie uses that one plot for 45 minutes and then you get to the end of the film where johnny finally finds out about it and there's a huge confrontation and stuff goes down if that synopsis doesn't sound super exciting just just watch the clips because the synopsis and the plot is not what you're coming for it's the amazing acting and everything else but Mm -hmm. i met tony Rousseau. he was in bristol and he was showing the room and his new film um best friends and I paid to go and see The Room with a bunch of people. And it was a weird experience. So, I have to ask, you didn't go alone. I didn't go alone. It wasn't just you. It wasn't just me. You don't watch The Room alone. Sorry. So, I took my brother, who has never seen The Room before, <gasps> and a college friend who is a big fan of Tommy Wiseau's, but has never actually watched The Room. I took right. them and someone else who had already seen it. Wait, how are you a fan of Tommy Wiseau and have, have not seen The Room? I don't know how that works. A lot of people here, after you see the these clips, you yeah. just become a fan of like those famous catchphrases, Adam. Like you know all the ones like ah ha 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 You could be a fan of that movie without ever seeing it, and sure. I think you you've seen it. You definitely get more value out of actually seeing the film. Yeah, no, absolutely. It's not they're not just memes and clips that you can tack around in threads. And there is some stuff in context that it works way better. I'll go through like a quick, here's what happened in a linear action, sort of uh, narrative. We arrived, uh, it's a very small venue. I walked in, mm. immediately looked left, because there was a bunch of people crowded around. And there he was, there was Tommy Wiseau, this weird enigma of a man just standing there, <laughs> signing shirts. When I bought the tickets, it said meet Tommy Wiseau, I assumed after the screening or something. I thought, oh, he's here, I'm, I'm going to go over and talk to him. So I went over, got in the queue, yeah. bought a t-shirt and got him to sign it. And I immediately walked up to greg and tommy and said to them hey you don't want to hear this you you guys have made bad films but they're just so enjoyable to watch i just i just want to thank you please keep up the work i love i love everything you're in i love like tommy was was in a film called python 2 which is awful and greg has been in other films he's recently like resurfaced he wrote the disaster artist and i love that book so i said look i love your stuff great amazing and Greg turned to me and said, have you seen my new film? I went, nope. And he immediately stopped talking to me and just looked away. <laughs> so I went, oh, oh, okay. And we then turned around and had group photos together, which I'll put in the show notes. And Tommy Rousseau tried to strangle my brother jokingly. J- jokingly. Jokingly. He was, he was portraying his crazy self and he put his hands around my brother's neck and pretended to strangle him. Ha ha ha. Your chicken, cheap, 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 cheap. But yeah, like it was such a surreal moment. Like I was standing there going... This is 
the guy I've pretty much been quoting for the last five years standing beside me. What do I do? Oh, but, uh, I don't know. It wasn't starstruck. I was just like, I just, I can't believe this is happening. I was literally about to say, you were very clearly starstruck, my friend. I, yeah. Yeah. I, I, was more, yeah. I was more just shocked. Like, I can't believe that I'm standing next to Tommy Wiseau and Greg. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. Th- this is insane. If you ever go watch a room, I recommend that you watch it with two other people, one person who's at least seen it before. That's the way you can get the most enjoyment out of it. Do not go to a screening like this because everyone in the theatre was quoting the lines just before they were happening. As, as it was going? Yeah. Yeah? But there, <laughs> oh, there were some elements of the room I've never seen before that I, I'd never even thought of before. So apparently in every other shot, or every other shot, in some shots, there is a framed picture of a spoon in the background okay. like, like an ikea like photo frame you just buy with stock imaging yeah what happened then was every time the spoon was on the screen everyone in the theater just chucks <laughs> plastic spoons at the screen i was like what the hell's happening because i had never seen the spoon before oh wow i never noticed and they're just chucking them is it just an in-joke amongst a small smattering of no. people or was it just at least half the audience it was literally like the middle column like it was a pretty big theater it was pretty much yeah. like the center column all had plastic spoons and just wow. threw them. They would throw their entire stock of spoons during that one, like, 30-second clip that the spoon's on the screen. And then they would all run down and pick up all the spoons again. And then sit back <laughs> down and await the next showing of the spoon. Uh, wow. Yeah. The many things people take away from the same media. Or the different things people take away from the same media. I don't know what I said. But yes. I got what you That's mean. That's really cool. Another iconic uh, moment from the film is a football scene where two characters throw around a football not too far away from each other, like sort of arm's length away. Every yeah. time that scene was on, two guys ran down to the front of the theatre and started chucking a football back and forth in Great. the theatre, and then they would chuck it into the crowd, and they would chuck it back. It was a really good, like, experience for someone who had seen the room. It was really fun. Everyone was, like, in good spirits. But I was turning to my brother the entire time. Like, he was laughing, but not at the moments that you would expect in the film, because you sure. just didn't have time to, like, ingest that yourself. It, it was a it was a weird thing, and I also got to ask Tommy Wiseau a question, which was another surreal thing. I asked him, with all the success you've had, would you ever remake the room, or would you ever want to go back to do anything differently? And he just turned to me and said, yeah. "The film is perfect. No, next question." <laughs> and I was like, "Ah, oh, oh, Tommy Wiseau." Perfect. No, no, that, that is the perfect answer. Honestly, yeah, no, kudos to him, I guess. So yeah, go out, watch the room, everyone. Not 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 on your own. Not your, not your own. Find someone who's watched no, it. No, you can't. Or you can't watch it on your own. If you can't find anyone, watch it by yourself, and then try and show it to other people, and you'll get laughs out of trying to explain it, and you'll start that cycle again. But the most fun you'll have is watching it with someone who already has watched the film, because you could just turn to them and go, "I can't, I can't believe that's in this film," and you're like, "Yeah, no, fuck, I don't know." And it's just a fight back and forth. But yeah, that was the highlight of my weekend. The person who'd previously already watched it is a reaching point for you to turn to and say, am I alive? And am I actually bearing witness to this lunacy? Excellent. The other person who anchors you back to reality is the only one who will understand your pain. (laughs) Well, I'm going to go to medium.com 
And I'm going to totally find a not specific article. Yes. Uh, that a certain one of us didn't write. Oh, look at this one that I found. Uh, amazing. Uh, it's titled Excerpts from a Playtest. What could that mean? Other than the like direct like translation of that interpretation of that. It's pretty straightforward. Excerpts from a Playtest could be some weird creepypasta story. Like, kind of like Ben Drowns in that... This person has found this unfinished game. They've taken it home. They've oh. played it. And they they reach the part where the game is unfinished. And it just ends. And they like, show it to their friends. And then they play it. And after they've shown it to three people, they realise that they, they've realised that something's different now that they've finished the game when they show it yeah. to the fourth person. And like, that's not there. And they play it again themselves. And they're like, oh, this weird figure is here. And each time they play it, different aspects of the game have rearranged themselves based upon the feedback they had when they played it previously. Oh. So then the game is kind of merging as they're playing it and all four of them have different interpretations of what the game could be. It becomes this Frankenstein that doesn't quite work. And the game gets frustrated that there's no clear vision. So the game retaliates by killing off the person with the weakest vision. So these four people have had this like friendship that they've built up over time and that's why they've shared the game. But then Johnny yeah. goes missing because Johnny's vision was like this game should be a kart racer and everyone else's vision was like no this needs to be like a Tomb Raider third person platforming game and because three of them had the same vision the fourth person was removed no longer a part of the equation this is game devs it yes this is it I'm making <laughs> I love it <laughs> and then it it ultimately ends with two other people die the last person with the strongest vision comes out and the game is just perpetually unhappy with what it is now it's not what it originally wanted to be but right. it's killed off the other two people's ideas that it may have had like feeling like it may have like enjoyed certain aspects of it but the, the strongest yeah. vision ultimately won and it, the game itself is not happy with what it is and it doesn't kill the last guy it, it just leaves the last guy to live in the fact that his friends are dead and this game yeah. is perpetually just depressed at least what it became it basically became yeah. that annual shooter and that's how it ends right it's no longer a flight fancy or anything else that it could have otherwise imagined itself being if only because it's being shaped by a rascally group of kids yes that go, go on adventures i'm guessing the first kid that discovered the game has since after the 10th play test with their friend has turned into a husk yes of an individual literally standing over the monitor of their friend gazing intently eyes agape what with a notepad in how hand. are you enjoying your time did you find the secret yet are you struggling with this puzzle <laughs> do you want to die yeah that's it that's exactly what it is is that it, the game produces this that play tester that, that person who's yeah. overwatching the game who just sits next to you awkwardly uh, knowing that that person designed the puzzles and the puzzle you're playing you're stuck on this guy knows the exact yeah. answer to and is just thinking you're a fool right. that happened to me way too many times twice wait are, are you project is this actually an experience yeah when we play cubed ah okay. when we yeah, play yeah. tested that both times I sat next to the guy who designed the puzzles or yeah. said to me at the very least I designed the puzzles and I struggled yeah. on a couple of them I remember thinking I must look like an idiot because I can't work this out. And then I broke his game and he was like, that's what it's supposed to do. Well then, by that logic, that makes him an idiot. Ha ha ha, turn the tables. No, no, if you think the game made you feel like you're an idiot, that's not good puzzle design. Well, no, I, it up. wasn't the game making me feel like an idiot. It was the fact that he was sitting there and I was like, he yeah. knows the exact thing I'm supposed to do. And oh, I'm, okay. I feel like I should be blowing through this game and like understanding it almost immediately. Because you play Portal? Yes. Oh shit. <laughs> that was the comparison in when playing cubes i kind of had for him which didn't go down well no, but yeah yeah that's, 
move along move on. and talk about leaving this here recording for another couple weeks. Or is that the end? I think that's the end, right? This is the end, yes. This is <laughs> the end. Are we ending? Yes, this is us wrapping up. I'm tying it in Christmas present yes. wrapping. Tying it together here it's, at the uh, end. We're going to get we're gonna get out of here. What an amazing way to awful. end. Before we go, though, we have two things to kind of talk about. Oh. We are on iTunes. I didn't realise we were. Yes. Adam has informed me that we've been on iTunes since episode one. I subscribed as soon as I saw. Yes, we're on iTunes, so subscribe there. We're also on Pocket Cast. We have been for a while, oh. too. Subscribe to us on there as well. We are also on Podcast Addict. You could also find us on there. Just put in Somewhat Committed and subscribe to us. Yeah. The other thing I have to say is we have a Twitter. We have um, at Quite Committed. We post stuff about the podcast on there and we'll soon be posting some other stuff. So follow us on these social media things. Please do. Uh, yes, please do. And also, if you're feeling you're feeling awfully fancy, please do leave a review. Yeah. Maybe, I don't know. I don't know how the other systems work. And, and if you feel really, really generous... I mean, like, incredibly generous. Impossible. Go and see Adam's game at the BNA on Friday or Monday. I can't remember the date. 29th of September, 2017. Yep. This will mean nothing to future people. No, fuck future people. Present people, rejoice! But future people are all people, Simon. Ah, I, I, I'm Simon Birdle. You could, you could buy I'm me. And I'm Shit. <laughs> Sorry. You fucked up! No, I didn't realise we were into plugging mode. Go, say say your name again and then right. Twitter. I'm going to leave this in, by the way. I'm Simon Birdle and my Twitter handle is at Simon Birdle. Please follow me. <laughs> oh my God, Adam! <laughs> Please follow me. No, I'm Adam... Sorry. I'm Adam Curtis and I... You can follow me. I'm on Twitter. You can follow me. Yep, you're so much at Adam G. Curtis. Oh boy, am I... Oh. Thank you for listening, future people. Please join us again in the further future. Goodbye, Simon. Nice talking to you. Uh, <laughs> goodbye, Adam. Pleasure. It's been, <sighs> it's been a pleasure. Speak to you soon, Simon. Bye. See you soon. Bye. We're out. <laughs>